The problem when you're teaching through the Gospels is not with the uh, stuff that you don't understand that you can disregard. It's the uh, stuff that is perfectly understandable, that rubs you the wrong way, that uh, is problematic about uh, teaching the Gospels. And we're running into one of those passages today. Before we start, I would like you to grant Jesus four assumptions, okay? Number one, can we grant that Jesus was an adult? I'm getting a yes from Tom and a yes from over there. The rest of you are equivocal. Uh, number two, can we grant that Jesus was of at least average intelligence? I'm getting a yes from uh, Brittany. Number three, can we, un can we grant that Jesus was at least fluent in Aramaic and capable of choosing his words? Okay. We're getting some good affirmation there. Fourth, and this is, is new from when we talked about uh, blessed are the uh, persecuted, which was not a warm, fuzzy passage either. Can we grant that uh, Jesus was aware of what was going on around him? Okay, I'm getting some chuckles and some nods, so we'll, we'll have to table that one. Now, I will submit that today's passage Nick, may I have the next slide, please? That's, no, you skipped that. There we are. Yeah, you, you chuckle. I, I will submit that today's passage is every bit as pertinent, perhaps more pertinent than it was when uh, Jesus spoke to his guys at the uh, top of the hill, and I present as evidence this bumper sticker, which you all have probably uh, seen uh, more than once or twice. And I would also submit that what he has to say is perhaps even more offensive to our ears than it was to the ears of the uh, guys at the uh, top of the uh, hill. But let's review the uh, setting for the uh, Sermon on the Mount. May I have the next slide, please? Thank you. From, the, from my favorite gospel, the gospel that was written by the uh, doc, uh, we know what the political setting was when uh, Jesus was delivering the uh, Sermon on the Mount. We all know about uh, Pontius Pilate, not a nice guy. We know about uh, Herod, uh, the grandson of Herod the Great, who uh, had all those infants killed. Uh, Tiberius Caesar, you may not be quite so familiar with. Tiberius Caesar was 55 years old when he became an emperor. He was the oldest person to ascend to the Roman throne in uh, ancient history. So the guy had been around. He was probably the most skillful general that uh, Rome ever produced. This guy was even uh, better at uh, conquest than uh, Julius Caesar. He liked war. War was his comfort zone. He did not like administration. So by the time that in the uh, 15th year of the uh, reign of Tiberius Caesar, he had uh, retired to Capri and had left the management of the uh, Roman Empire to his uh, military. 
you know, the guys he was used to working with. Now, he did keep tabs on things. If uh, somebody was threatening his throne, he would denounce them to the uh, Senate, and they would have him executed, or his opponent would find himself uh, suddenly, mysteriously uh, poisoned. He did not always abide by the Roman Constitution strictly interpreted. May I have the next slide, please? Okay. Jesus begins the, sir, this section of the Sermon on the Mount with this familiar uh, quotation. It may sound a little bit rough to our modern ears, but let's think about the uh, cultural context. In the ancient Near East, as in some uh, traditional honor cultures today, if there is an injury, justice is meted out as revenge. If you're able to do your own uh, revenge, that's fine. If not, uh, any number of your relatives would uh, exact revenge. No trial by jury, no statute of limitations, no limits on the uh, vengeance that's extracted. Now, may I have the next slide, please? We will get through this, uh, Nick. It's not going to be as rough as Amos. Most of us think of uh, Genesis chapter 4. Oh, yeah, that's the uh, chapter where Cain uh, kills Abel. Well, if we read on down past the uh, genealogies, another uh, five generations, we run into uh, this guy. Um, kid strikes me, I kill kid. Okay, it's a little bit uh, of overkill, and he may not have been of age, but this is an example of the culture that God is speaking into when he delivers what we have there quoted in the uh, top of verse uh, 38. Next slide, Nick. Thank you. Fast forward to uh, 1445 BC, give or take. Yahweh has uh, delivered Israel from Egypt. He's giving them his laws, and as he's doing so, he gives them this law. Now, you can find uh, similar uh, quotations in uh, Exodus in uh, Deuteronomy, but uh, we're going to go with uh, this one for now. You see two things. Number one, proportionality. Somebody knocks out a, a tooth, a, a tooth gets knocked out. No, uh, somebody uh, knocks out tooth, I kill uh, that person. So there, there's a limit put on there. The other thing that you see there is that the same rules apply to everybody. No distinctions, nobody gets uh, special treatment. Now, if we go to the parallel passage in Deuteronomy, we see a couple more things. Number one is that retribution is taken out of the hands of the offended. Retribution, when it is rendered, will be rendered by the uh, judges after a thorough investigation. So, no, personal uh, retaliation is now uh, totally out of bounds. So, thank you. So far from being barbaric, the uh, passage that uh, Jesus is quoting actually contains violence. And what this does is to demonstrate the nature of Yahweh who 
tells Moses when he appears to him on the uh, top of Sinai, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth. And so you, you can see this in what uh, Jesus is uh, quoting there at the uh, top of Matthew 5, 38. Next slide. So as we've been talking about for the last six weeks, the problem is not inadequacy of the law. If putting a lid on retribution, putting it into the hands of uh, judges was uh, sufficient, then we would be done. But the problem, as Jesus has been making clear, is not an inadequate law. The uh, problem is with the human heart. The uh, human heart unregenerated is uh, capable of desiring the kind of disproportionate revenge that we uh, saw uh, initially with uh, Lamech. Thank you. Um, I saw this one about three weeks ago. I was driving back home one evening and you chuckle. Uh, I hope that none of you was driving the big jacked up, shiny white three-quarter ton that uh, cut me off on uh, 3rd Street. I hear more chuckling. See, Jesus, your word uh, still is uh, pertinent to our uh, situation. The same desire for, I am going to get even and then some, is still in our hearts. I can tell that from the uh, chuckling. So that brings us to verse 39. You may or may not uh, cringe. You may chuckle at uh, verse uh, 38. Uh, verse 39, the second part, we flat out do not like. I don't want to sound like some sort of wimpy Pushover. Matter of fact, Jesus, I might uh, grab uh, that uh, first part and say, but, you know, I am acting out of righteous indignation. Or I'm standing up for truth, justice in the American way. But, uh, yeah, uh, turning the other uh, cheek, uh, where in the world are you coming from? there, Jesus, but remember the context that Jesus is talking about here. Uh, no, personal retribution is uh, off the uh, board. May I have the uh, next slide, please? Um, we'll get through this. I am definitely uh, supposed to resist sin, especially when that sin comes from my own pride, my own selfishness, my own uh, covetousness. And you will recall from eight weeks ago when we saw Isaiah standing up to uh, King Manasseh, when we uh, saw uh, Amos uh, standing up to uh, King Jeroboam the second. There is a time to stand up uh, against evil when it's on behalf of uh, either the oppressed or when it's a matter of me resisting my own sin. 
Next slide, please. We're uh, familiar with uh, these guys who stood up in the uh, face of uh, Nebuchadnezzar and said, no, we are not going to commit idolatry because we know our God and uh, we are going to worship him and him only and we are willing to take the uh, heat, pardon the intentional pun. So, uh, next slide please. Okay, thank you. Um, the Bible is uh, brutally honest. These guys stood up to uh, Nebuchadnezzar and at the uh, time that Nebuchadnezzar was uh, ruling, there was an anonymous psalmist who was exiled to Babylon who wrote this. Yes, this is in your Bibles. Uh, we uh, don't like to talk about uh, things, but the, the Bible is brutally honest. The Bible captures our hearts. And this was in the heart of uh, the uh, psalmist in uh, Psalm 137. Now, what he is calling for is not disproportional revenge. If you read uh, 2 Kings uh, 25, if you read 2 Chronicles 23, you find that what the uh, psalmist is wishing for here is basically, uh, God, I am looking forward to the uh, day when uh, somebody does to him what uh, he did to us. Now, meanwhile, back in the ruins of uh, Jerusalem, Jeremiah gives us a, a second opinion. And I know how much uh, people like uh, second opinions. Um, you remember that old hymn, uh, Great is Thy Faithfulness. This is the uh, context here. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease for his compassions, never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him, as uh, Elisha read earlier. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the person who seeks him, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Remember, Jeremiah is sitting in the uh, ruins of uh, Jerusalem after it's been decimated by uh, Nebuchadnezzar. So far, so good? Okay, next slide, Nick. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. Uh, that doesn't sound uh, uh, so inviting, especially to your youth group, Caleb. Um, let him sit alone and be silent since he has laid it on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. Perhaps there is hope. There is hope again. Let him give his cheek to the uh, smiter. Uh, what does that sound like? Let him be filled with reproach, for the Lord will not reject forever, for he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness. So we have the uh, psalmist in uh, Psalm 137 saying, God, when am I going to get my uh, revenge? You have uh, Jeremiah in Lamentations 3 saying, you know, uh, 
perhaps this is God's righteous judgment on me, righteous judgment on us. I am willing to sit under that because I know, God, that you, you are uh, kind and uh, gracious. So here we have two opinions. Which sounds more like the uh, kingdom heart? Now I see a show of hands, uh, Psalm 137. Okay, Lamentations 3. Okay, we've got uh, two folks who vote for uh, Lamentations 3. The rest of you are going to go back and uh, read 2 Kings 25 and 2 Chronicles 36 and make up your minds this afternoon. So, um, Nick, thank you. So we don't like it this idea of turning the other uh, cheek, but Jesus said it, so we have to uh, deal with it. However, if you think about it, there are at least uh, two outs. First of all, we could say, I don't live in Babylon or Rome or uh, under uh, Chinese uh, occupation. I haven't been exiled to uh, Babylon or uh, Xinjiang, and so this doesn't apply to me. You know, that was those people back there, it doesn't apply to me. Uh, the uh, second out that we have here is, uh, Jesus, thank you for the offer to uh, stick up for me, but uh, no thanks. I prefer to even my own uh, scores, watch out for my own uh, reputation, uh, stick up for my own rights. And, and uh, by the way, I really didn't like that. If you love me, uh, keep my uh, commandments a uh, bit either. Uh, if somebody wants to uh, push me around, boy, smash their face. Next slide, please. So in Matthew 5, 38 and uh, 39, uh, Jesus is reaching back to the Old Testament uh, scriptures. What about this one? Uh, Let's go back to uh, the uh, book of Deuteronomy on the next slide. As God is leading his people to the uh, promised land, again, he's giving them his laws, and he is setting up in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 24, this is how you uh, deal for the, uh, with the uh, poor who are among you, and we're going to get back to that when we get to uh, verse 42. But at that time, there were folks who were uh, so poor that literally the only thing they had to offer as uh, collateral uh, was their cloak, which uh, served as clothing uh, during the uh, daytime in their uh, bedroll at uh, night. Now, this uh, same merciful God who put the uh, lid on uh, retribution for uh, personal injuries also says, if that's all the uh, collateral uh, that they have creditor, uh, you give that back to them every night so that they don't uh, freeze to death. Uh, God was uh, watching out for them. Now, this was not the case under Roman law. Under Roman law, the uh, borrower uh, truly was the uh, lender's uh, slave. The uh, Romans were the ones who invented uh, debtor's prisons. And if a Roman uh, creditor was not uh, satisfied with his debtor's repayment, uh, he could uh, confiscate his uh, collateral. He could have the uh, debtor thrown in prison. He could uh, sell off all of his uh, stuff. He could have the uh, debtor uh, sold into slavery and uh, you know, take the uh, profits to uh, pay off the uh, loan. If 
the creditor was really upset with the uh, debtor. He could take him to the uh, Roman courts, say, this guy is a, a deadbeat, and he could have him executed or drawn and quartered. This is what happens if you don't uh, pay your uh, debts, so uh, pay up. Now, this may help us to make sense out of uh, Matthew 5, 25 and 26, by the way. Uh, next slide, please. Remember that one of the guys sitting at the uh, top of the hill is uh, Simon the uh, Zealot. And uh, stuck there in his cloak is a dagger, which he is just waiting to stick it to some Roman. So how does this sound to him? Was this Roman law on indebtedness a violation of uh, what we uh, saw in the uh, book of Deuteronomy? Yes or no? Okay, I'm getting a, a nod from uh, Tom, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a violation of the uh, Mosaic law. Uh, was it oppressive? Yeah. So does Jesus renounce the law? Does he say you can uh, disregard this one? What does he say? Answer on the uh, next slide. By the uh, time that uh, Peter wrote this, uh, Tiberius had died, the Romans had gone through uh, three more emperors, and you had this uh, smiling uh, gentleman. Uh, okay, pop quiz. Anybody know who that is on the uh, left? Nero, very good. You get a, you get a uh, star for the uh, day. So by the time that uh, Peter wrote this, Nero was uh, now the uh, emperor. Nero, by the way, was not a nice guy. Uh, for those who uh, are not familiar with ancient history, Peter was another one of the guys who was sitting on the uh, top of the hill listening to uh, Jesus uh, say this. And this is what Peter is saying knowing who the guy making the law is. And this is Peter's take on uh, what uh, Jesus is saying. Um, doesn't matter if I don't like the guy, doesn't matter if I didn't vote for the guy, doesn't matter if, uh, if his laws are unjust. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the uh, king which is uh, similar to what uh, Alicia read earlier. We really don't like that bit about submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every uh, human institution. That's, that's pretty open-ended there, uh, Peter. Next slide, please. Okay, Jesus, I really didn't like the idea of uh, surrendering my rights to uh, defend my own uh, privileges, my own reputation. Now you're messing with my stuff. And by the way, Peter, I really didn't like that uh, piece about uh, being uh, God's uh, 
bond slave, I really want to be able to uh, call my own shots. Next slide. Now, there is no Old Testament uh, analog to uh, this one. So if you've still got a, a thumb in Deuteronomy, you can take it out for right now. This is straight out of the uh, Roman law. Now, those of you who have heard this passage uh, preached before have uh, probably heard that a Roman uh, soldier could uh, pull aside a, a passerby and say, hey, carry my stuff uh, for a mile. It was actually worse than that. Under the Roman law, in the occupied territories, a, any Roman uh, citizen could snag any resident of uh, the occupied uh, territories and have them do the uh, stuff that was uh, too hard, too sweaty, too demeaning, uh, or, you know, it's, it's, this is uh, distasteful, this is yucky, I don't want uh, uh, to do this, and hey, Jew boy, uncross your arms. Yeah. I want you to go uh, clean out my toilet. Yeah, I mean, this is oppression. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. This is, this is uh, one uh, uh, example. It's okay, Caden. Uh, took care of it earlier. But, uh, you know, you, you get the idea. Under the Roman law, the Roman citizen could ask, well, couldn't ask, he'd command uh, uh, the resident of uh, occupied uh, Galilee to you know, do uh, whatever. And Jesus doesn't uh, uh, denounce the uh, law. What does he say? Yeah, yeah, you go even further. Now, as we talked about when we were, when I was uh, preaching on blessed or the uh, persecuted, this stuff definitely rubs me the wrong way. You know, I like my, uh, my uh, rights, I like my uh, stuff, and don't you dare mess with my uh, schedule. But as Jesus is preaching this, we need to remember that he went first. When Jesus went the uh, second mile, he was carrying a cross on his shoulders. So, next slide. We should have seen this one uh, coming. When Jesus was uh, talking back in Matthew uh, 5, 3, he told us that the uh, kingdom of the uh, heavens would belong to the uh, poor in spirit. We drop down to verse 10, and he's uh, talking about those who are persecuted uh, for the sake of righteousness. They're going to get the uh, kingdom of uh, heavens. He said that the meek, the gentle, the self-restrained would inherit the uh, earth. And here we are. Uh, in uh, Luke 22, different uh, context. This is right before Jesus celebrates the uh, Last Supper, which we're going to celebrate uh, later uh, today. And he tells them point blank, the kingdom of the heavens doesn't operate by the same rules as the uh, kingdoms of this earth. If you guys, and, and they've just been uh, squabbling about uh, uh, which of us is the uh, greater, which of us uh, gets the uh, best uh, seating arrangements in the uh, kingdom. And he says, the way that the uh, kingdom of the heavens operates is if you guys want the uh, best seats, you're going to serve. 
This isn't the way the uh, Gentiles uh, do it, but this is the way that we do it. Now remember that uh, Jesus has placed us as a city on a hill. He doesn't say, please be the uh, city on the hill. He says, you are the uh, city on the hill. And so if the world around us is going to have any idea of what the uh, kingdom of the uh, heavens is uh, going to look like, they're going to get that idea by looking at us. Next slide, please. We're almost done. So the uh, kingdom of the uh, heavens uh, works uh, different. Uh, Jesus says, uh, if you're a resident of my kingdom, um, you relinquish your rights to your uh, stuff, to your time, uh, to your uh, sweat, and uh, so on. Let's jump back to uh, Deuteronomy. Okay. Now, okay, there we are. Now, now we're, we're, we're together on this, uh, Nick. Um, pick up my uh, train of thought here. This gets us to uh, verse uh, 42, which you just saw uh, quickly uh, flashing on the uh, screen there. Jesus says, give to him who asks of you. Do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Where in the world is he uh, pulling that? Well, uh, Jesus has uh, just said, I know how oppressive the uh, Romans are, but uh, the way that you heap burning coals on their head is uh, not by resisting them, but uh, by uh, submitting to them, even when it's unjust, even when it's oppressive. When we get down to verse uh, 42, he says, and oh, by the way, in case you haven't guessed, the Romans aren't going to take care of you. As citizens in my kingdom, you need to be aware of uh, how you, uh, how the others are doing around you, and you need to be the ones uh, meeting their needs. And, and again, he's going back to uh, Deuteronomy, the book that he quotes most often in the uh, Gospels. So if you haven't read Deuteronomy recently, uh, go home this afternoon and read Deuteronomy. But the idea here is if your brother, in this case your fellow Israelite, is in need, and you have whatever it is he needs, then give it to him because I want you to be showing the nations around you that I am a gracious God. And because I am a gracious God, my people are gracious as well. Next slide, please. Now, we can't uh, say that that just applied to the uh, folks back in the Old Testament, uh, because uh, James, who grew up around uh, Jesus, uh, John, who was one of the guys who was at the top of the hill and was uh, closest to Jesus, they're writing this to the uh, church. Matter of fact, they're writing this to the early church, who, which was being persecuted by folks like Tiberius Nero and their successors. 
So this isn't just Old Kingdom, Old uh, Testament stuff. The other piece is that these needs may not always be material. And this is where we need to be watching out for uh, one another's. Uh, Tom was uh, saying earlier, we have some families in the uh, church right now that are uh, hurting because of the uh, loss of uh, fathers. And as Alicia was reading uh, earlier, I see you, Alicia. As, as Alicia was reading uh, earlier, we need to be able to rejoice with those who rejoice, who uh, to uh, weep with uh, those who uh, mourn. Uh, I don't need to tell you that uh, uh, the uh, Delta variant is uh, uh, ripping through this uh, community right now. And if you read the medical literature, uh, I know that all the rest of you stay up until 10 or 11 at night reading the uh, medical literature. One out of three folks who recover from COVID are gonna have ongoing uh, symptoms. And so we praise God when we read on the uh, prayer chain that uh, somebody has made, made it out of the uh, hospital. But are we calling them, are we dropping by to say, hey, how are you doing? Are you still feeling uh, drug out? Uh, do you need any help? Uh, how's it uh, going? Are, are you able to uh, go back to work? You know, how are, how are you gonna bridge that? We, we really need to be watching out for uh, one another because as uh, Jesus is telling these guys here, um, if you don't uh, watch out for one another, uh, it ain't gonna happen. And you are the uh, city on the uh, hill and uh, people are gonna be watching you and what they see is gonna tell them what I'm like. Okay, next slide, we're almost done here. Thank you. So, uh, for those of you who like to uh, take notes, this in uh, summary is this, is a look at uh, what Jesus uh, was saying. You know, number one, if you follow me, now remember there's an out. Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, I really, I appreciate what you said, follow you, uh-uh, are you out of your mind? Uh, but number one, relinquish any claim that we have on uh, getting even. Uh, number two, that yes, I am willing to endure indignity even when it's unjust in your name. Uh, number three, uh, yeah, I uh, didn't uh, vote for uh, Tiberius Nero or their uh, successors. But if God's appointed institutions, because I really believe that he is actually sovereign, uh, make uh, demands on, on uh, me, you know, shoot, uh, you're wanting me to mask? Maybe I'll double mask. Uh, and number four, recognizing that uh, everything that we have comes from God and that kingdom citizens submit their interests and their resources uh, to uh, care for one another. Final slide, please. 
we as elders have been spending a long time uh, the last uh, few months. Have you been keeping track, Tom? How, how many months have we been uh, camping in this passage? Two. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to talk uh, later. Um, is it possible to uh, become uh, too much conformed to the uh, likeness of uh, Jesus Christ? Um, but we have been uh, camping on this one a lot as uh, we have been endeavoring uh, to lead the uh, people of God. And the uh, first uh, paragraph there kind of rubs you the wrong way if uh, it means that my agenda, my schedule, my uh, convenience uh, is going to need to be uh, submitted to the uh, well-being of others. That uh, second uh, part is hard because if I have the attitude which is in uh, Christ Jesus, I recognize that that was the attitude that uh, led him to the uh, cross. Now, today, we have the uh, privilege of uh, celebrating the uh, Lord's Supper. And one of the many things that uh, we have the uh, privilege of doing every time we celebrate the uh, Lord's Supper is to preach a sermon. See, you all get to uh, preach here in a minute as well. And uh, Paul said that every time that we celebrate the uh, Supper, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Now, if you uh, think about that, uh, there's... there's uh, uh, more wrapped up in there because his death until he comes means his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his return. So we are uh, preaching a five-part sermon to the world. And then as the uh, city on the hill, we go out of here and we uh, live to reflect the nature of the uh, God who has redeemed us.